I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a, what is today? Wednesday. Wednesday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. I think I do that before every video and every podcast. I have lost track of the days. Uh, The Browns holding their final practice in Berea for a little while here. They're going to go to Philadelphia next week, and, of course, they play a game on Friday night against Washington. Kind of their first real preseason game. This is what Kevin is sort of considering his first real preseason game. Dan Lobby with Mary Kay Cabot and Ashley Bastock. And Mary Kay, the news today really is we're going to get to see the starters for some amount of time on Friday night. It might be a series. It might be two series. It all depends on the number of plays. But, of course, that means we're going to get to see Deshaun Watson for the first time this season. And it just, I mean, we've talked about it all off. It feels so different this time around you know last year it was those six games he hadn't played for 700 days it just feels so different I think there's a lot of excitement and a lot of curiosity about actually seeing Deshaun Watson play a football game here in August yeah I think so too and uh, hopefully for him and for the Browns it will go a lot better uh, than his preseason debut uh, last year against the Jaguars I went back and looked at that game again to refresh my memory and it was one out of five (laughs) for seven yards, a 30-something rating. It was not the kind of uh, debut that Deshaun Watson hoped to have. At that point, he had been off of football for 19 months. And, um, you know, unbeknownst to anyone at the time, it really sort of foreshadowed what happened when he came back against Houston on December 4th. He was rusty after 700 days. And I think that we all expected that he was just going to come back and be the three-time Pro Bowler that he thought we thought he was going to be, and that didn't happen. So this whole entire offseason has been geared to the Deshaun Watson Project. I mean, they have upgraded his receiving core uh, with a number of guys, including Elijah Moore and Cedric Tillman, Jordan Akins. They tried to add Marquise Goodwin. He ended up with blood clots. Uh, and then... Uh, you know, there's a much, much better defense that, that he will have supporting him on the opposite side of the ball. So it's finally time to uh, to catch a glimpse in live action of what the Deshaun Project looks like. If you haven't figured it out, we are sitting outside at the facility in Berea. So you'll hear carts and horns and cars, and I don't even know what that is behind me. You'll probably hear a train at some point. Um, Ashley, it's, I mean, it is jarring to think back to that Jacksonville game last year and, like, just how rough it was. Kind of a reminder that, like, football's hard, especially pro football, even for a guy like Deshaun Watson. I mean, I know, I know I'm pretty excited to kind of see 
we're only going to get such a small glimpse and they're not going to put a ton on tape but i just want to see a little bit of what this looks like right and like you just want it to look better than it did right. against jacksonville because i mean that was so rough and like not even just Deshaun, like obviously losing nick harris who was their starting center at the time on like the first or second offensive snap and he just did not look very sharp in that game looked a little rattled he didn't you know handle it i think very well given the long layoff so this is really an opportunity, you know, like Mary Kay said, to see him with those new pass catchers and I think just get a better idea of what this is going to look like when they are going against a defense that's not their own team. Like, you can <laughs> glean a little bit, even if it is, like, let's be real, one or two series. Okay, so this brings up an interesting question. Like, what do we want to see from Deshaun Watson? Um, I don't... A part of me wanted to ask, like, what's the worst case scenario? But I think I think the worst case scenario is Jacksonville. Um, what do we, Mary Kay? What do you want to see from Deshaun Watson? What will you see on Friday night that'll make you come away feeling like, okay, this thing is? I, I feel really good about where this is headed. Or is it just going to be too small of a, a sample size to make that sort of declaration? It probably will be too small of a sample size. They want him to get in there, get his feet wet operate the offense efficiently in the few amount of times that he probably will have and you know that's really just all they really want is to get him in there get him used to again the speed of the game let his body maybe absorb a blow here and there nothing too uh, extensive and you know just maybe make a connection with Elijah Moore like we've seen him do in practice uh, with Amari Cooper I mean, ideally, you'd like him to take the, the ball downfield and score on his opening drive. That's what you would want to see. That's what fans are going to want to see. Uh, but I don't think the expectations are super high for this game. I think it's more, let's go, you know, let's go shake more of the rust off and see what we can do. So, Ashley, I think for me, what I'm kind of looking forward to, and I don't know how much we'll see because he's going to protect himself. I do want to see him run around a little bit. I want to see like a little bit of that quarterback run game, a little bit of like the design stuff. And I think there's a way to do that and still protect yourself. And I don't think, you know, Washington's not going to go out there looking to knock him out. So I, I think he'll be able to protect himself. So I'd like to see maybe one or two designed runs or just see kind of what that might look like when we get to the regular season. Yeah, I mean, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, like he has been historically as a quarterback pretty good yeah. at protecting himself when he's on the move. And even like his ACL injury was like a non-contact practice yeah, exactly. injury, I think, back in when he was in Houston. So I, I think that's true. I think that's part of it for me. And then in general, it's just like the whole don't do you, are you connecting with your receivers and your pass catchers and like you don't want to see the ball hitting the ground a ton I think while he's out there because it is such a small sample size okay so Friday night who are you really looking forward to seeing um so who's like one player who's not Deshaun Watson who we think is gonna play like I don't know if Miles is gonna play I don't know if Nick's gonna play I, I don't know if like Amari is gonna play so, Mary Kay, who's, who's one player that you really are excited to kind of get some eyeballs on? Well, that's an easy one for me, Dan. Yeah. It's Elijah Moore. <laughs> uh, I, I said it a little bit ago on our video. I'm sure you guys probably feel the same way, too. Uh, but Dan let me go first, so I got to say <laughs> it. Um, but Elijah Moore has been the highlight of this Browns training camp. He's been tremendous. Uh, he has been catching everything that comes his way. He's been lining up in the backfield. He's been, you know, running end arounds. He, he does a little bit of everything. He's catching the ball out of the backfield. He's lining up inside, outside, slot, deep, whatever. Uh, and, and you name it, he's doing a good job with it. He's rejuvenated. He's happy to be here. 
and uh, those two guys, the connection uh, has been really, really fun to watch. I think he is the perfect complement to a Deshaun Watson dual threat style of quarterback. So I think we'll see some of that, and I'm there for it. I feel like Kevin has been waiting for Elijah Moore for a while. Like they've tried to fit different guys into that role, guys of lesser ability, um, who are more gadget players. So, uh, God, who's the kick returner? JoJo Natson. You know, kind of they were giving him reps and letting him do some end arounds. Anthony Schwartz was maybe supposed to be that. Uh, Jakeem Grant was going to have a big role last year. And, you know, Jakeem's still going to be involved, assuming he, he makes it and is the return guy. But Elijah, to me, represents like this supercharged, like, because Kevin always talks about Percy Harvin. Like, and Elijah kind of represents a lot of that to me. Of, of, he's just been looking for that guy that can do so much. But also, Ashley, Elijah is so much more. So he's yeah. he can be that gadgety guy, but he's also just a really good receiver. Yeah, I mean, again, it's like I just keep coming back to because it was so, like, pretty to watch. I don't know another adjective. <laughs> like, even just watching him in one-on-ones. Like, the stuff he can do when you can really, like, obviously, as a receiver, you can get away with a lot in one-on-ones <laughs> against TVs. But... Like, the way he moves is just so impressive. I put video off of a nice little, like, comeback route he had the other day up on our shorts. Like, it's, I just, like, love watching the way he can run those routes. And I know he's prided himself on his route running, too. And I think, I even asked him about that, I think, in, like, his first press conference here. And he's like, yeah, that's just a South Florida thing because everyone's <laughs> fast. Like, you have to be a really precise route runner, too, uh, since that's where he's from. That's where Mari Cooper's from. Um, so I do, I definitely think like he's so much more, but like that versatility he has, we've already kind of gotten to see it with where he's lining up and lining up out of the backfield, the gadget plays, all that sort of stuff you can do with him. But he is just a really good and fast route runner too. All right. So Ashley, who do you want to see on, on Friday night? Who are you looking forward yeah, to? Yeah, this was, I was, I'm honestly been racking my <laughs> brain sitting here because I feel like Elijah Moore is the guy. So like with the caveat that, you know, I think we're not going to see these starters for very long. And like, it is questionable who is going to play. I think for me, like assuming Miles Garrett is not going to play, seeing Obo Okoronkwo and Zadarius Smith out there, um, if they both play, I think is intriguing to me. But in general, I think just the defensive ends in general is kind of what I'm watching because like the depth issue, I think that they now have, which I don't know if they would say they consider it an issue now, but I think there are a lot of question marks behind like, okay, we knew kind of where Alex Wright and Isaiah Thomas were falling in their rotations and stuff at practice. So I'm curious to see who's like going to step up. And if another young guy, maybe like an Isaiah McGuire, like makes a handful of plays, I think that that could potentially be interesting. So on the other side of the ball, that's what I'm curious about. Yeah, Mary Kay, we were kind of talking about this today, watching practice, because obviously with Alex and Isaiah not out there, you see kind of the guys down that depth chart. Isaiah McGuire was working with the second team. And, you know, I wasn't sure what Alex and Isaiah were really going to give you. It does kind of stick out that this team is really reliant on Miles, Zadarius, and Oboe. And if somebody gets hurt or if Oboe maybe isn't the guy they thought he was going to be, if one of these young guys doesn't step up, all of a sudden this team gets awfully thin at, at those edge positions. So I think that's a good one, kind of who are those guys that step up now that Alex and Isaiah are, are out for a little while. Yeah, definitely something to watch. And the thing about uh, the defensive ends and actually all of, all of the defensive linemen in Jim Schwartz's defense is that he likes to rotate a lot of guys in. He likes to keep these guys fresh. So I think there probably would have been more of a rotation than we have seen in the past. And generally it's been, you know, the two starting guys out there 
And then the third guy, whether it would have been, you know, Tack McKinley or uh, Chase Winovich or somebody like that, they never really got all that many reps, right? They never got all that many snaps. They didn't get all that much opportunity to sack the quarterback. Now, Cat, Tack came in and he got his five sacks um, that year, a couple of years ago. But this year, I think the plan would have been uh, to not only have those top three guys rotating in there and then also bouncing down inside at times, uh, but to roll some of those guys, younger guys in if they prove they could handle it. Now, it was going to be incumbent upon Alex Wright to really step up and show that he deserved those reps because he didn't do enough with them last year. But, you know, maybe that was a rookie thing. You know, maybe the lights had come on for him this year. We'll find out soon enough. Um, Isaiah Thomas, we saw some promise there towards the end of last season. Uh, but I think it, it does hurt them in, in that uh, Jim Schwartz has talked about that he wants to rotate like eight guys on that defensive line, and, and now they're going to have to get a little creative, whether it's, um, you know, whether it's Isaiah McGuire or Kamara or whoever else for right now, the new guy, Charles Wiley, that they signed. Um, but whatever the case, you know, they have to find some new blood out there on the outside. All right, I'm going to go with a guy that has nothing to do with the starters playing, but there's a lot of hype around this guy now, and, and people were, were really, you know, I think some people were, like, putting him in the Hall of Fame after that first game. I kind of want to see Dewan Jones now. Let's see if he can kind of continue this momentum and build on it. I thought Bill Callahan had some nice things to say about Dewan, um, and this is, again, just another good opportunity for him to go out there and, and build on this momentum that he had from that Hall of Fame game. Can he have another really good performance? Is he going to play a ton of snaps again? So I think DeWan Jones is the guy that I'm sort of most interested in to see, all right, game two now, how are you going to look after that Hall of Fame game um, when you didn't allow any pressures, all of that stuff? Um, how, how are you going to kind of continue to stack those days? So I'm going to say DeWand is the guy that, that I'm most interested to watch. Ashley, you kind of laughed when I said that. <laughs> yeah, no, because like we were joking about that actually at the Hall of Fame induction. <laughs> like the, the conversation around DeWand, around DeWand had gotten like a bit crazy, he, I think. He was going to be given a speech after Joe Thomas. <laughs> right. Yeah, some what, I was like, yeah, it. I'm like some gosh, the Twitter conversation. You think that in about 20 years we're going to be back here for DeWand Jones's Hall of Fame induction, I think, was, was what we were talking about because like yeah like it's one game and he did well but I think like it's coach speak to some extent but like you do want these guys to stack days and stack performances especially when they are younger and you know I think Dewan Jones is an interesting developmental guy and he played well and his stamina held up in that game uh, against the Jets but I do think you know hey you have to kind of keep stacking those performances if you're him and you know, as the season comes along, he's obviously not going to be a starter, barring something extremely unforeseen. Um, and you have to be able to make the most of those opportunities if you're thrown out there for a player or two, you know? Yeah, and Mary Kay, like, we know, like, things have happened. Like, Jack Conklin has had trouble staying healthy at times. There's opportunities there. So these reps that DeWand is getting right now are really important. Yes, you know what? They're excited about all of their three young backup tackles. They don't have that... Uh, veteran Chris Hubbard swing tap tackle type of guy this year. What they have are uh, three guys that are going to have to be ready to step in in a pinch because you know there are times when Jack Conklin has to come out for uh, a batch of games. You know, uh, Jed Wills. You know, can he stay healthy for the whole season? So it you know you could be looking at James Hudson coming in off the bench for three or four or maybe even five games this year. But they like him a lot. 
Uh, he must have really shown them some things on film since last year. And then they really talk up Tyrone Wheatley yeah, and Dewan Jones. I actually think right now they like Tyrone better than they like Dewan. Yeah. Uh, because he, I don't know, he's just showing them some things. They're raving about. It feels him. like that, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So, right. If he had yeah, to- and then I'm just thinking about who who we see playing where, and it's you know James Hudson is very clearly ahead of Dewan, and I think Tyrone Wheatley probably is too. Yeah. So, um, I I still have to um, throw a couple of quotes out there from Bill Callahan that I haven't gotten to yet about Tyrone and Dewan. Um, but they're they're excited about they're excited about these guys, and I think the thing about Dewan is he's taking the, the hard coaching. I don't care what anybody says. They played him 74 snaps the other night <laughs> yeah. to say, okay, rookie, this is how it's going to be. This is what you have to do to play a whole football game. And if you want to play in the NFL, this is what you're going to do. And if you want to throw your helmet down or whatever else you do in practice, uh, you know, we're, we're going to show you what this game is all about. Yeah, and I think, too, like, with James Hudson, like, I, I wrote about him the other day and talked to him, and, you know, I was even talking to Lance Reisland about him and what he thinks looks different, like, in his game, and, and I see it, too. It's, like, I think he came in, like, a bit leaner. I think his legs are really, like, powerful. He talked with me about that, that he spent most of his offseason here just, like, working with the trainers. He's, like, I wanted to stay in Cleveland. I went on one trip. I saw my family. You know, he's from Toledo, so that's a bit of an easy trip for him. Um, and I think the, he's shown them something. And even watching him today, you know, you watch him go against Oboe Garanquo, which it sounds like they made up from their little spat at the Greenbrier from when we talked to Oboe today. Um, but he's just a tough guy. And Kevin Stefanski even said it. Like, he plays with an edge. He said that yesterday. And I, I think that's so true. He does. And I think he's also kind of been hardened because he got his own little, like, welcome to the NFL as a young player because he had to get thrown out there against the Steelers as a rookie. He kind of gets thrown in the middle of this firestorm in Baker Mayfield's uh, post-game press conference in that game when he complained about them not uh, chip-blocking T.J. Watt. Uh, He got thrown out there again last year because Jack Conklin, I think that was an ankle injury for Jack at the time, um, and kind of not didn't get beat up as bad, but it still is like a learning experience to have to go against those Steelers edge rushers. And he said, you know, both of those games came at the end of the season. Uh, that game last year was a big motivation for him, it sounds like, in, in the winter and in the spring and what he was thinking about as he was training. Okay, uh, we're going to take a break, and then we've got a little bit of injury news to update here on a Wednesday edition of the Orange Brown Talk podcast. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Back on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast, Dan Lobby, Mary Kay Cabot, Ashley Bastock, sitting outside the Browns facility in Berea, recording this on my phone, so you're hearing... Planes, trains, and automobiles, all, everything, carts, security people, uh, whatever whatever we can fit into the background of this podcast. So, Jerome Ford, Mary Kay, you had reported that he was going to miss some time. Kevin Stefanski confirms that today. Uh, he's week to week. He would not rule out that Jerome might not be ready for week one against Cincinnati. And this is kind of a big deal because you don't have Kareem Hunt anymore. I mean, if we're, like you don't have Dearness Johnson anymore either. You knew Dearness Johnson could come in and carry carry the football a little bit for you if he needed to in a pinch. So, 
Uh, if Jerome Ford misses week one against Cincy, maybe even week two against Pittsburgh, you're pretty thin at that running back position. Yeah, absolutely. And and like you said, as you mentioned, Dan, I talked to a number of people yesterday and I got the distinct impression that his status for the opener was in jeopardy or at least in some kind of doubt. So, uh, you know, now we know that to be true and, uh, and we'll have to see how that goes. And it, it is a big deal because he's supposed to spell Nick Chubb. He's supposed to take some of those third down reps away from him. He's supposed to be the, the guy that can go in there and play some of the Kareem Hunt role and catch the ball out of the backfield. Although, you know, it, to hear Stump Mitchell tell it, Nick Chubb's playing on first, yeah. second, and third he's down. He's getting 1,000 yards. Every right? <laughs> single game, he's going to have 1,000 yards receiving, 1,000 yards rushing, and nobody's taking him off the field on third down. <laughs> yeah. So we're just going to have to see how that goes. Um, but I want to bring something else up that stood out to me yesterday, and I wrote about it today in my Jerome Ford story. On two occasions, Stump Mitchell, and I don't know if you were, you might have been over at somebody else when Stump was talking, Dan. I think I was, yeah. So Stump Mitchell on two occasions said that last year, Jerome Ford wasn't the kind of teammate that he needed to be. Mm -hmm. And he did not accept some of the rookie responsibilities and roles that he needed to. And this was the first time I had ever heard anything like that. And he doubled down on it. I mean, if you go back and you look at his transcript, uh, you can see that there are two occasions where he's saying, what's different about him now? He, he's being a better teammate. And uh, I thought that was very, very significant because he only got eight carries last year for 12 yards. And now he was back there for 30 kickoffs and he did a nice job returning kickoffs, but he did not get touches on offense. And I think some of it was related to this very thing that Stump revealed yesterday. Yeah, and I thought Jerome, so I was over there for Jerome, and he kind of alluded, not to that specifically, but he kind of alluded to like, I don't know if the maturity is the right word. There was just something that stood out to me, like he wasn't doing something he was supposed to do last year in one of his answers. And I don't have it right in front of me, but when I was I'm kind of listening. to dig it up while yeah, you Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> when I was kind of listening, it just kind of piqued my interest. Like either he wasn't doing the work behind the scenes he needed or maybe it was something that Stump was alluding to but there was something from Jerome Ford that he said that, that kind of caught my attention in that regard like it was more than just oh I'm behind Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt it was maybe you know you got to do a little more put it whatever it was and so yeah I think that's interesting and we know Stump Mitchell isn't going to mince words uh -uh. he's going to coach these guys hard we've seen him yell at backs in practice we've seen him you know bark at backs I mean he he's a very loyal coach too and he's not going to sugarcoat it when he talks to us Did you think about this him might have been part of it because this jumped out at me too but somebody asked him like a big thing that you learned from Nick Chubb by being around Nick Chubb and he said how to be a pro was the first sentence yeah, and then like he something said like that Nick does 90 he cut himself off he's like well I'm gonna say a hundred percent everything right meetings on time he's that's told me was, he yes. hasn't been fined or late to a meeting since he's been in the NFL so I think that's interesting that he kind of brought that up unprompted yeah. you know because that's you know it, that he had to learn that I think is noteworthy when you combine it with what we heard from Stump Mitchell as well so yeah maybe it was those things like that those kind of intangible things that are behind the scenes that you don't get to see out on the field yeah and the and the other thing about that is that we know that Nick and Kareem were so close I mean those guys were really tight um, you know so now you have Jerome having to step 
So I wonder how the dynamic in the running back room is going, but it seems like Jerome is getting it, that the lights are coming on, and that whatever uh, whatever he needed to learn, uh, that, that he's getting it. But unfortunately, today he was standing on the sideline with a walkthrough shirt on. So he's yeah. he's not out there practicing and just... He's not a rookie anymore, so it's not as devastating. But it's so hard when you miss this valuable training camp time. And now it gives an opportunity to a Demetri Felton or a John Kelly. Or it gives Andrew Barry an opportunity to go out and sign somebody who all of a sudden maybe he's just a better option than you when it's time for you to come back. I mean, I think they want Jerome to have this job. But this might force their hand a little bit, Mary Kay. Yeah, you know what? I think that they're going to have to sign another running back or two because, uh, in my mind, they were, you know, Demetri Felton came into this camp on the bubble, and they were really trying to figure out who that other back was going to be behind, you know, the, behind Jerome Ford and Nick Chubb, who is going to be their third back. And I think they're still sort of in that situation. Uh, so, uh, you know, they might need to add as many as two guys there. So we'll have to see how that plays out. But one thing still seems to hold true, that they aren't planning to bring back Kareem. Now, I'm willing to bet that yesterday, because some of this was going on in real time when I was reporting some of this out, okay? That's why I never wrote a headline that said, Kareem Hunt is going to sign with the Saints. I never wrote that, because I was told by somebody, oh, pump the brakes on that. So I pumped the brakes on that, and then I started thinking, hmm, is there a chance he could come back here? Um, but, you know, that started to seem like, you know, not going to happen. Appears unlikely. That's how I wrote it. But, and I still feel that way. I still feel like it's very, very unlikely. But with, like, with everything else that we ever say in these situations, never say never. Especially because now you got an injury. So you get another injury. Let's say, like, yeah, I don't know. And at, at some point, whatever the reason you're not bringing Kareem Hunt back, you might have to just put that aside and say, hey, we need we need a running back because, I don't know, again, John Kelly's an interesting guy. I, I don't know how I feel about Demetri Felton as a running back, but Ashley, I mean, you can't go into the season with those guys as your number two. No, and like, I'm trying to think like how this front office might think about this. And I do think like, it might depend on if there is like Mary Kay's talking about somebody else out there who is long-term or or semi-long-term, long-term in the life of a running back, a better option for them than just this year. I think Kareem Hunt in theory is a good short-term option, but if you think like, hey, his his best days as a running back are behind him or whatever reason, then it's obviously not worth it. But the market for him has, we've kind of seen how it's played <laughs> out, right? Like if there was a, a lot of money out there waiting for him, he would have it already. So I do wonder if things could change. Like I also just wonder from seeing Kareem Hunt last year, like obviously Mary Kay, you wrote about this multiple times, like him getting emotional on the last home game or right before the trade deadline, like that he thought, hey, potentially this could be it for him here. Like, I do think there's a part of him that would like to, that likes being at home, that likes that aspect of it. But I just wonder if 
it just kind of soured enough on his end that he wanted to try to get out and be a number one again somewhere. But if, if that's not happening for him, I do wonder if that could change on his end, too. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, I didn't watch Kareem Hunt last year and think, oh, this guy can be a number one back yeah. again. I, I think I do feel like that ship has sailed for him a little bit. And now I guess we'll see what happens. He was visiting Indianapolis. That's not far. Drive back Drive back home. Visit home and... and Stop in Berea on, on your way, Kareem. See if they have a, a little extra money for you. Um, okay, anything else here before we wrap up on uh, on the podcast? You know, I, I think that's it. I think we pretty much covered everything. I think, you know, the exciting thing for fans is that they get to go down to Cleveland Brown Stadium and see the starters play for a while. And it's finally a chance to look at these 2023 Browns and see what you think for yourself about how good they're going to be this year. It's hard to tell. We're going to have a better idea uh, when we go to Philadelphia and watch them practice against the Eagles on Monday and Tuesday. They probably won't play very many of the veterans in that game on Thursday night, but we're going to see the Browns against a really good football team for two days in practice. But Friday night is the first glimpse, uh, really, for for fans uh, to see what Deshaun, Elijah, and company are all about. You know who he didn't mention? Who? Katie York. Oh, there you go. Kicking at the stadium. I don't know if we have anything to really say about it, but... No, he made both his kicks today. I mean, I do think, like, how he kicks at Cleveland Brown Stadium is obviously a big um, point when it comes to how has he improved and are those sort of mental kinks worked out. So it's it's obviously, it's definitely worth paying attention to (laughs) what he does. I... I feel like it's going to be a little tense in there if he comes out for like a 48-yarder, mm-hmm. his first one. I feel like it's going to be kind of thick. It's going to feel like a regular season kick. Um, so there we go. little kicker talk for you at the end of the Orange Brown Talk podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Search Cleveland Browns on cleveland.com on YouTube to find that. Uh, check out our Instagram, Orange and Brown Talk on Instagram, and then also footballinsider.cleveland.com slash Browns, the blue banner at the top of the page to get info on that and get signed up. For Mary Kay and Ashley, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks.